0: Cameron Haines has just been announced. He is going to be a confirmed speaker at Turning Point USA's America Fest this December. It's the 18th to the 21st, Phoenix, Arizona. Make sure you are there. Look, you're going to be in December. It's the coldest month of the year. You might as well go down to Phoenix, Arizona to the hottest event of the year, Turning Point USA's America Fest. Just go to tpusacom backslash America Fest. Use promo code POSO up to 25% off all caps P-O-S-O. We'll see you there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily. First up and second up today, we've got a special two-parter, a human events investigation into the social justice now replacing criminal justice across America, the Open prison network. Next, the Polish president opposes vaccine mandates. And finally, the U.S. Biden administration has announced a coordinated global oil release of up to 50 million barrels of oil. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Why has the criminal justice system been replaced by the social justice system? Well, it's simple. There's billions of dollars behind it. Specifically, millions of dollars that's gone around the country, not just to support groups like the Innocence Project or the Innocence Fraud, as I call them, and which works with Kim Kardashian to get convicted murderers uh, off of their sentences. No, no, no. We've also got a situation now where a network of local DAs and prosecutors across the country in almost every single American's major city, as well as places like uh, like Loudoun County, right Northern Virginia, have systematically gone in and been overturned because this network has gone through and placed millions of dollars throughout the country, propping up these essentially pro-criminal prosecutors. And we've got a list. We are going to name names. Now, of course, all of this is done through the auspices of an organization called the Justice and Safety Pact. Doesn't that sound so nice? Justice and Safety. And, of course, they receive a majority of their funding from the Open Society Foundation, which, of course, is donated to majorly by George Soros, everyone's favorite Hungarian billionaire. Here is the list. Aramis Alia, Orlando. James Stewart, Caddo Parish. Robert Shuler-Smith, Hines County. Scott Conlin, Mississippi Circuit Court. Kim Fox, Cook County, Chicago. Raul Torres, Bernalillo County, New Mexico. Kim Gardner, St. Louis. Chesa Boudin, San Francisco. Larry Krasner, Philadelphia. Rachel Rollins, Suffolk County, Massachusetts. Diana Becton, Contra Costa County, California. Monique Warrell, or another Orlando State Attorney. Mike Schmidt, Multnomah County, that's Portland, Oregon. Deliza Garza, Travis County, Texas, Austin. Uh, Buddha Barrage, Loudoun County, Jake Lilly, Colorado, Morris Overstreet, Texas. Do you understand what's going on? Go and watch then some of the videos that have come out talking about bail reform, which led to the bail reform massacre of Waukesha. Now,
1: In your opinion, why do you believe that the governor made this move to eliminate cash bail now?
2: You know, the governor made a commitment uh, last year that he was going to look at eliminating cash bail. There was a groundswell of support for this by activists and advocates for years. The In Money Bond Coalition has been pushing for this. My office, the state's attorney's office, have been pushing for this. And in the wake of what happened with George Floyd and the fact that, you know, we have people like Kyle Rittenhouse, who is an exemplification of what's wrong with the cash bail system. Here's a a boy who crosses the border um, with a long arm, shoots and kills two people, and is walking the streets today because someone was able to pay his bail. While at the same time, there are people in jails across the country, across this state, who were charged with nonviolent offenses and can't post something as little as $500 to get out. And so I think the governor, recognizing those forces at play and really having a true commitment to justice, said, if not now, then when? Um, And the Legislative Black Caucus should be applauded uh, for saying that now is the time. Let's remember
3: that more than 80% of the people in jail have not been convicted of a crime. They're awaiting trial. They're presumed innocent. Let's remember that less than 15% of the people police take to jail on a felony booking will ever actually be convicted of that felony. Let's remember that more than 65% of the people who get booked into county jail will be there less than a week. So we are not talking about people who are so dangerous that they need to be separated from society for long periods of time. The people driving the numbers in the county jail, 65% of them, are ordered released in less than a week, right? So why do we have the jail population that we have? Now I want to give you a couple other statistics. About 20% of the people in jail are ordered released by a judge with one condition, a monetary payment that they can't afford. That's why I've been fighting against money bail. That's why when I'm district attorney, I will not allow any of my assistants to put a price tag on freedom. People who are too dangerous to be released won't be people who can safely be released will be and will bring the jail population down quickly. Now, there's also about 10% of people in the jail who are waiting to be housed in a drug treatment or mental health treatment facility. The new jail that we would build has a price tag of over 200000000 million. Let's invest that money in more humane, more effective alternatives that are in the community, working with folks like taxpayers for public safety, critical resistance, the community groups that have been leading the fight this whole way. I've worked with them before. I'm going to keep doing it as your district attorney.
0: Thank you. The bail reform massacre of Waukesha happened because these ridiculous ideas were actually pushed and advanced by this network, as well as in the city of Milwaukee, John Chisholm, throughout our country. Now, this is happening everywhere. And this violence that's being perpetuated by career criminals, violent criminals inside our major cities, is spilling out into the suburbs. And that's what happened in Waukesha. That's why we had the bail reform massacre of Waukesha. Are you paying attention yet? We're going to continue this in part two. So, the Open Society Foundation has created this new organization that I call the Open Prison Network. This is a network of pro crime prosecutors, DAs around the country. But what they're really doing is anarcho-tyranny. And we talked about this yesterday. What does it mean? They'll go after you. They'll go after you for showing up at your school board. And they'll go to your school board and they say, oh, well, you were, uh, you were mouthing off. You didn't want to get in line with CRT. You had a problem with what they were saying in, in, uh, in your schoolhouse. So we got a problem with you. We're going to go after you. But if someone's actually out there committing aggressive, violent acts, well, they can go right back out on the street. This happened in Philadelphia where I went to school, I'm from the Philadelphia area. This happened in New York. This is happening around the country. And go listen to what they say when they get put into office and then go look, actually look, AT THE CONSEQUENCES OF THEIR ACTIONS.
1: PHILADELPHIA'S TOP LAWYER LARRY KRASNER ANNOUNCED A MAJOR POLICY CHANGE TODAY. STARTING TODAY, THE DISTRICT ATTORNEY'S OFFICE WILL NO LONGER SEEK CASH BAIL FOR A NUMBER OF LOWER LEVEL OFFENSES. KRASNER CLAIMS THE NEW POLICY WILL PROTECT THE CITY'S POOR COMMUNITIES.
2: DO NOT IMPRISON THE POOR IN THE UNITED STATES FOR THE SO-CALLED CRIME OF POVERTY. THIS NEW CASH BAIL POLICY WILL NOT ONLY SAVE THE
0: TAXPAYERS money in the poorest of the 10 largest cities in the United States by allowing low-level defendants to maintain their freedom, but it will begin to level the economic and racial playing field that exists in our courts and in our court system.
1: A total of 25 charges will no longer require cash bail under the new policy.
2: Well, as the city reels from a wave of shootings and assaults that have terrified New Yorkers, the NYPD's top cop, blaming bail reform laws for the surge in violent crime. Police Commissioner Dermot Shea compares the system to a revolving door. He says far too often people who should stay in jail are instead turned loose. Kayla mamlak is at one police plaza with more. But you know, wait, the only way this changes, Kayla, is if Albany is listening. And I don't know if they are.
1: Exactly, Rosanna. To add to your point, this bail reform legislation comes from the state. It is a state law, and it would have to be Governor Cuomo and the state legislature that makes that decision. But keep in mind, the police commissioner is making these comments in response to what's been a year saturated in violence. On Monday alone, there were nine shooting incidents on city streets. And when police do make arrests, the commissioner says, there's often one common denominator. The suspects have been arrested several times before.
3: What are we doing in society?
1: New York City Police Commissioner Dermot Shea sounding off on the state's criminal justice system, reiterating his frequent calls for legal changes that he says would help the NYPD get guns off the street and keep repeat offenders behind bars.
3: We're arresting somebody for pushing a woman down the stairs and then we release them back into the streets. I mean, this is craziness.
1: Another example, a brutal and unprovoked attack on an Asian woman in Chinatown earlier this week. The incident caught on camera, but as a warning, it's difficult to watch.
2: Her back of head hit the outdoor dining frame and she blanked out. Her eyes just went shut, went unconscious.
1: Police arrested Alexander Wright for the attack. Turns out the 48-year-old has a long rap sheet. Records show he's been arrested at least 17 times. A police source says the arrests were for multiple assaults, including an attack on a 72-year-old man, spitting on a woman's face, and punching a police officer. In fact, Wright had just been released on Thursday, after police say he went on a crime spree, which included throwing hot coffee on two NYPD traffic agents, scratching a man in the eye, and breaking the glass on a Madison Avenue storefront all on the same day.
3: We cannot be just chasing our tail, catch and release, catch and release.
1: In a tweet, the police union adding, whether this individual needs mental health services, jail time, or both, the answer cannot be to put him right back on the street. Part of the problem, the commissioner argues, has been the quick release of individuals through the court system, an unintended consequence of recent changes to bail reform laws.
0: I said this yesterday, I'm going to say it again. Being tough on violent crime and murder is a pro-life stance. If you wanna be pro-life, if you're a member of the pro-life community, if you are a common sense American, if you are someone that actually cares for bringing our country forward through this era, whatever you wanna call this era, this craziness that we're living through right now, you need to get back to common sense. Violent criminals need to be off the streets. Habitual career violent criminals Get them off the streets. Separate them from polite society. It's as simple as that. You cannot have this revolving door anymore. Are you going to get more bail reform massacres like happened in Waukesha? There's an 11-year-old girl right now sitting in the hospital in Waukesha, asking doctors to glue her back together. We just saw the report out of the New York Post. Shattered pelvis, lost a kidney, lacerations, punctured lung. It doesn't have to be this way. Ladies and gentlemen, I I don't care if you're listening to me, you're conservative, liberal, I don't care you voted for, don't do this. Please don't do this. Number one, get out of cities. And then number two, go to your state legislators, go to places around the country and inform them that you don't want to live like this anymore. The people of Poland have stood up. Now, we know the people of Poland, and I talked about this last week. They stood up to protect their border. They said no migrant caravans of illegal immigrants will cross and enter into Polish territory. And guess what happened? The caravans turned back. They flew home. Poland has never had a terrorist attack. There's a reason for that, because Poland takes care of its people. They understand that defending your country means defending your people. Poland also opposes coercive acts of government. And that is why the Polish president, Andrzej Duda, has come out and said that he opposes vaccine mandates. He says if you want the vaccine, get the vaccine. He's made it available. But he opposes mandates and says that would be crossing a border that would be completely, completely unavoidable for Poland to ever come back from and look at the protests and really the rally that took place recently in Poland in opposition of even a discussion of vaccine
3: mandates <laughs>
0: And now here's Politico EU comes out and they're, they're so upset and they've got the headline, Polish government takes no action. Even as coronavirus advances, they're, they're not putting in restrictions. The, the vaccination rates are too low. They're just so upset. They're so upset. But listen to this quote. Polish health minister Adam Nigelka told media last week, you have to be aware that in our country, given our history, Certain coercive measures are not only received badly, but can act counter-effectively and discourage people and trigger an even more negative or aggressive attitude. Do you get it? Poland lived through an era, multiple eras, of extreme government oppression, actual tyranny. Poland lived through the Eastern Front, and then Poland lived through the Cold War, under the USSR, under the yoke of Soviet oppression. The people of Poland are not the people of Australia. These are the people who said no. These are the people who led the Solidarity Movement and were one of the first countries to overthrow communist rule in all of Eastern Europe, one of the first countries behind the entire Iron Curtain. And understand there's a reason why. Because the Polish people have never given up their culture, They've never given up their language and they've never given up their faith. And so they understand that if you come for something that they view as a detriment to any one of those specific aspects of their country, they will not stand for it. Because for 173 of the last 200 years, Poland has lived under some form of occupation or oppression. Poland is now an independent country. They understand their freedoms. They understand what it took, more importantly, to live through those 173 years. And the Polish people are not going to go back. And that is why the leaders of Poland now understand that they are going to stand up for their country, they're going to stand up for their people, and they're not going to turn the dial back towards the oppressive tyranny that they saw throughout the 1950s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Just want to say thanks again to everyone for continuing to support us, continuing to support our show. You want to support this, support the work we do. Go to MyPillow.com, use promo code POSO, get your Christmas orders in now. You're sitting there, you're listening to this show, you're watching this show, you're saying, you know, Christmas is coming up, Thanksgiving's coming up, but I got that stuff squared away. That's four weeks away. I don't have to Stop the procrastination. Go get your order in, get it taken care of. Get that burden off your shoulders. You don't have to worry about it anymore. It's done, the order's in, it'll be on its way. Mike Lindell will make sure those products are under that tree come Christmas. Now, moving forward, unfortunately, we don't get to talk about someone who has their act together. We have to talk about someone who doesn't have their act together. President Biden announces a new release from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve as part of ongoing efforts to lower prices and address lack of supply around the world. That's the headline of the White House press conference, right? Well,
4: the White House is announcing that it will be releasing oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve in an effort to combat rising gas prices. In a statement that the White House just put out moments ago it said that the Department of Energy will release 50 million barrels from the SPR. 32 million barrels will be in exchange over the next several months. 18 million barrels will be an acceleration of a sale over the next several months that Congress had previously authorized, and that the president stands ready to take additional action if needed. Now, this move does come ahead of the president's speech about the economy and the ways the administration is trying to tackle higher prices later on this afternoon. The White House has been talking with allies about some type of coordinated release for weeks. And, of course, Democrats have been urging the administration to make this move. This is essentially an acknowledgment by the administration that inflation is a major political vulnerability. Have been attacking the White House over its energy policies, particularly the closure of the Keystone pipeline and drilling in the Arctic. So this is an attempt by the administration to get back on the offense, again announcing that it will release 50 million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, 13 million barrels over the next several months, and an acceleration of 18 million barrels. ...that have previously been authorized for sale.
0: Here's the thing. Biden, and we talked about this last week, if you listen to the Human Events Daily, you knew this was going to come. He is working with countries around the world, China, Japan, India, and South Korea, to release strategic oil reserves into the marketplace. Now, we don't know what deal he made with China but I'm pretty sure Taiwan has a good idea what exactly was the bargaining chip for that deal to get China on board with this. But at the end of the day, it's very simple to see what the strategy is. First, you constrict supply on one hand. Then you dip into your strategic reserves. Even though we're not in a crisis period right now, we're not in wartime at all, we could easily go and harvest more resources right here in the United States. I always tell people about this take the Alaska pill. We have all the resources we need right there. We can do it in a way that protects the natural landscape. It's simple. And we can screw China at the global marketplace everywhere. The same deal with the Marcellus Shale in uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and the same deal, of course, with the Permian Basin in Texas. It's very simple. But that's not what they want. So now he's going to dip into the reserves. And now when we go forward, then when there's an actual crisis, we're going to see, oh, I guess there's no reserves anymore. We're going to have to turn the entire country over to the Green New Deal. We have no other choice. We've exhausted all options. Opening your strategic reserves is like the printing money of gas, right? They're trying to basically print gas. They can't, so they're going to release it from the strategic reserves. So on one hand, you've got a guy like President Biden who has no clue what he's doing. But then you've got other people inside the White House who, mark my words, ladies and gentlemen, Know exactly what they're doing. Well, that's all the time we have for Human Events Daily. Again, thank you so much for continuing to support us, support the show. Go and leave us your five-star review on your app of choice as you're watching. Be the influence agent. Share this out with your normie friends. And remember, our motto to you, be good, be brief, be gone. Human Events Daily, the bottom line up front, information, not indoctrination. But before we go... I want to go back a little bit, do something a little different for today's moment of history. 42 years and four months ago, July fifteenth, 1979, Jimmy Carter gave his famous malaise speech. And he said the problem wasn't government, the problem wasn't oil, the problem wasn't the supply, the problem was you. The problem was you American people who want to drive your cars, who want things to be on the shelves, who want money that actually has some real value behind it. You're the problem, it's not us. Sound familiar? Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay sure.